This morning's scripture is in John 8, 12 through 20. And the heading in my Bible says, I am the light of the world. It's beginning in verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees asked him, you, you, you are bearing witness to yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I came from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judges, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that a testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness to myself and my Father who also bears witness to me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because it was not his hour yet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I ask that you open our hearts, our ears, and our our minds to whatever the message is you need each one of us to hear today may your message today change all of our tomorrows and may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart bring honor and glory to you we ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen son amen it's true we live in a dark world the gospel of John has repeatedly tried to open our our minds and our ears to this fact that the world does walk in darkness and it cannot see. In John 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light to men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. You see, this picture of Jesus as the light returning to the world is, is a major section of John's gospel. What is the answer to our darkness? What is the solution to the fact that we have, in many ways, lost our sight to the worldly darkness? You see, Jesus makes this powerful declaration about himself, saying, I am the light of the world. Now, this is his second I am statement. In his first I am statement, he said, I am the bread of life, and that's in John 6, 35. But now in this timing of this statement, it is very important. There was a feast going on. And these chapters record the Feast of Tabernacle. So we need to note that in John 7, there was also a water ceremony tied to the Feast of the Tabernacle, which is why Jesus in his last days cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles also a, a nightly counterpart, if you will. There was the water ceremony during the day, and at night was the lighting of the lamp. You see, in the temple court, there were these huge candelabras, and they would light them. 
There was nowhere in the courtyard of Jerusalem that this light did not shine. And this was a reminder of them, of them wandering in the wilderness. And they followed God like a pillar of fire. So this is a, a promise that God led his people out and he was continuing to lead his people. So I want you to imagine, if you will, these huge blazing torches that each night would be lit just for this feast. With these torches blazing, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, saying, I am the light of the world. The implications of this statement was very far-reaching. First, Jesus is saying that not only is he the light of the world, but this is a claim of God himself. In Isaiah 60, 19, it records, The sun shall be no more than your light of day, nor for the brightness shall the moon be of your light at night, but the Lord is your everlasting light. Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. David said that the Lord is his light and his salvation, while Isaiah is prophesying that God will bring light to all people. And here Jesus comes declaring he is the light. He is God. Oftentimes I think this point in the gospel gets missed. You see, we know the whole story. They only knew the front side, the, the prophecies. And so it's really easy for us to overlook things. Sometimes we overlook that God gives light to the world. God gives light to our eyes. He brings a brightness, a light to our heart. And he speaks light into existence. Just like in the beginning, he spoke and light happened. The second statement here is that Jesus is actually calling himself the light of the world, which is the claim of the Messiah. You see, the prophets pictured this world and, and Israel in such darkness, and God separated from the world is darkness. But when God's light pierces that darkness, the evil in the darkness must flee. So what God is saying and what Jesus is saying is that the world is in darkness, even Israel, because of their sins. And he's came to shed light on the wrongs. Even Malachi spoke of hope during his day, Malachi 4.2. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall shine its healing on your wings, and you shall leap like calves from a stall. I love that scripture because I grew up on a farm and there's nothing better than having a calf born in the winter and you've got to take it into the barn and you've got to put a mom in there too and you've got to keep them in the stall because there's coyotes, there's wolves, there's all kind of stuff ready to take a calf out. And the first warm day that you can open that up and let that mom go out and have grass, this calf is like this little bucking bronco getting its legs stretched. And I feel that picture is the same thing we are when we truly walk in God's light. We have so much energy that we're ready to share it with the world. In Luke 1, 78 and 79, Simeon had similar words. When he took baby Jesus into his arms in the temple, he said, I could die happy now because I've seen the Messiah. 
You see, God had promised Simeon, you will not die until you see the Messiah. And then third, Jesus calling himself the light of the world means he is saying, I am the head of Israel. I am the head of the people of God. And that the people must attach themselves to me. Even though Isaiah spoke of these hopeful days, Jesus declaring them was not received. And while all these points point back to Jesus' teaching of the Pharisees, I believe the third point is what we really need to take into consideration. Because Jesus is saying something to his followers. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Think about it. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, it's the same thing as them being carried out of the wilderness. Follow me and I will take you out of the darkness of the wilderness of the sinful world. Just like the Israelites followed God, the pillar of fire. Following Jesus doesn't mean I'm going to today and I'm not going to tomorrow. It's a requirement. We have to be very, very conscious about every single step we take. We follow Jesus. Now rather than Jesus just saying, have the light of life, he's saying, follow me and you will possess the light. You will be in relationship with the light. Attach yourself to the light. Go where the light takes you. Believe what the light teaches you. Do what the light says to do. Let me put this in a little bit different way for the discipleship side of it. Without the light of Jesus, we actually cannot live a proper life. Jesus is not only just a light, he is the eternal light. Probably going to date myself here. How many played under a floodlight when you were a kid? Parents always knew where to find us because we were in the yard that had a floodlight. If it was during the day, you were in the yard where all the bikes were thrown down. We didn't have cell phones. I didn't grow up with a house phone. So what would happen is, as long as the parent looked out and counted the bikes or counted the kids, everything was fine. If someone was missing, then we went on high alert. But as kids, we played in that floodlight because it was safety. As the dark was coming in, it was our safety zone. We could run to it, and we didn't have dogs on leashes and all that kind of stuff. They just ran wild, and our dogs would follow us, and sometimes they would get in fights. So if we were in the light, we could tell who was there with us, and it was safe. And when the dawn would break, of course, we would be out riding bikes and going all over the place because we were feral children. Our, especially on Saturdays, we were told to get out of the house, don't come back because mom was cleaning the house. And she meant it. If you were thirsty, go get the water hose. But you were out. Well, during the day, you're in daylight. You're in complete light. It's engulfing you. But as the darkness would come, we would collect to the yard with a floodlight. That was our safe zone. That was our light to see our light to continue playing, our light to continue 
our little worlds. We lost that growing up. As we grew up, we heard things like the commercial from Motel 6. I'm Tom Bodette, and I'll leave the light on for you. I think as adults, we sadly treat the light of life like a Motel 6. The light's on if I want to walk in it. The light's on if I need it available to me. The light's on over there, but I can still be over here in the world. It's no longer necessarily our security, our safe zone. It's there in case we need something. And what Jesus is saying is that's not how it goes. If you are a believer, you'll believe and cling to the light. He's not here in case. We just finished up Advent, which is a time of anticipation. And I think we forget so many times that when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back as a baby. He's not coming back gentle. He's not coming back oozing with loving kindness. If you read Revelation, it tells you how he's coming back. He's coming back to do business with the world, with humanity, and with evil. It is our place as believers now to cling to the light like it's that floodlight, like we need it. We need the safety every minute and not treat the light like Motel 6, not running to that light if we have a problem or like the song that's very popular and has been popular for a while, I only talk to God when I need a favor. God wants a relationship 24-7. He wants you to be with him, to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the indifferent. And he's not sitting under a Motel 6 light waiting for us to have time for him. I really want to urge you as we go into the new world, ask yourself, does Jesus lead my life? Am I clinging to Jesus? Am I truly walking in the light? Or do I still have my toe in the darkness? Because the darkness hasn't bit me yet. But if anybody's been around a snake, you know it's only a matter of time and it will bite. Doesn't matter how many times it sheds its skin, it's still going to bite. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, help us to fully walk in your light. Help us to live as a reflection of your light. Whatever area of our life does not bring honor and glory to you, we ask that you prune it. Whatever area of our life has become out of control because we've given it to the world, maybe we've become comfortable. God, we ask for you to stretch us and grow us closer to you. Help us to never take for granted that your light is a blessing as it guides us along this journey. Help us to become blind to the distractions of the enemy. Help us to set good examples for all the littles around us because, God, I think we forget there's always little eyes watching us, always little ears listening, and always little feet following us. Help us to be more cautious with what we do what we say, 
and where we go so that we can be an example for those littles. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen.